fears continue to simmer about parts of the banking sector in the United States as another small bank goes to the edge of financial oblivion. This time it's the San Francisco-based First Republic Bank, which has really been smashed on Wall Street after the US government said it would not step in with a rescue. The ABC senior business correspondent Peter Ryan is covering the crisis. Joining us now, uh, Peter, good morning to you. A major concern when any bank, I imagine, looks like it's going under, but what's happened here with First Republic? Good morning, Tom. Uh, this might look like a, a smallish uh, bank in the whole US uh, banking sector and not really seen as systemic, it will not yet anyway, but uh, the demise of First Republic has been dramatic. When you look at November 2021, it had a market value of more than 40 billion US dollars. Today, it's worth just over 1 billion US dollars. Its shares plunged 30% this morning. That's on top of other steep losses in recent days. And so far this year, First Republic's market value has evaporated by a massive 95%. And basically, this is what happens when there's a run on a bank uh, with deposits worth around $100 billion uh, leaving First Republic in the first quarter of this year. Now, this is all about contagion, which is uh, fears perhaps not even justified that the bank might be on uh, shaky ground, likely to collapse, and comes after the collapse uh, a month or so ago of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, and more broadly, uh, the collapse and then rescue of the Swiss banking giant uh, Credit Suisse, and worries that if Credit Suisse was failed and had to be rescued, what does that say about other smaller banks? And today's sell-off was really sparked after word um, hit that the US government was not going to bail out First Republic, uh, seemingly not regarding it as too big to fail. Now, Wall Street banks have been trying to work out options for First Republic since 11 banks actually deposited 30 billion US dollars into First Republic on March the 16th at the height of the banking crisis. So it's a complicated situation. There's no doubt those Wall Street banks trying to work out how to get their money back. Uh, Complicated indeed. Now, we'll come to inflation in Australia shortly. Uh, I just want to ask you about this uproar in the United Kingdom, though. The Bank of England's chief economist, get this, said people needed to accept their poorer. That's pretty brutal. How did that go down? (laughs) Well, that's right. Well, this is from the uh, Bank of England chief economist, Hugh Pill, who's delivered what could be described as a bitter pill. Uh, He was uh, speaking in a podcast about inflation, which is still very high uh, in the United Kingdom, where he said that people needed to accept their plight, uh, that many will be poorer, uh, and they need to come to terms with the worsening uh, financial situation. And this, of course, was interpreted as Mr. Pill telling people they really needed to uh, get realistic and face poverty. Here's a bit of what he said. So somehow in the UK, someone needs to accept that they're worse off and stop trying to maintain their real spending power by bidding up prices, whether higher wages or passing the energy costs through onto customers, etc. Yeah, Bank of England chief economist Hugh Pill there. You couldn't, uh, you just couldn't avoid doing the bitter pill comment there, could you, Peter Ryan? But what sort of a reaction did that comment get? Well, this was a major story, not surprisingly, all over the tabloids and on the BBC, not helped by the fact that while uh, Hugh Pill was talking about the reality of inflation and the economic impact and warning about a dangerous wage price spiral, he's actually on around £105,000 a year. That's about 200000 Australian dollars, so doing pretty well compared to the average person in the United Kingdom. And some listeners this morning might recall a similar comment from the Australian Prime Minister, 
Malcolm Fraser in the late 1970s during a period of high inflation when he uttered, life wasn't meant to be easy. And uh, this one from Hugh Pill is up there with comments from Malcolm Fraser that really do go down like a lead balloon when people in the real world are really hurting. All right, so speaking of Malcolm Fraser, let's chat local inflation. Some good news uh, yesterday, but will that stop the Reserve Bank from raising interest rates again next week? Some very good news, Tom. Uh, annual inflation coming down from 7.8% uh, to 7% in the quarter. And more importantly, the uh, measure of underlying or core inflation that the Reserve Bank really looks at coming down as well. So there is a, a bit of a sign that while inflation is still very high and there's a potential trigger for the Reserve Bank to raise rates again, that the Reserve Bank is really going to be maybe looking at this, that inflation is heading in the right direction. They're still uh, vigilant. It might not be necessary to raise rates again on Tuesday, May the 2nd, but most economists think there probably is one more rate hike there, maybe not on Tuesday, but maybe in June or July. Okay, Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Peter Ryan there, the ABC's Senior Business Correspondent, with me in the studio.